everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today is Wednesday, so that means we are going to be celebrating what we call our Wonderful Women Wednesday. And, you know, it's so funny. I always mention this on my episodes that sometimes I get up have a specific episode I'm going to do and something will either come on the news or get mentioned to me or come in my spirit and I literally change what I'm going to do that day. And that's what happened today. I happened to be watching MSNBC and the guy um, from Forbes uh, was on and he was talking about today they came out with their 100 most powerful women in the world. As a matter of fact, the article is called the, P- the Power Women, excuse me, Power Women, the World's 100 Most Powerful Women. And when you go to uh, Forbes.com slash power dash women, they list all of the women. And of course, I cannot do a short episode talking about all 100. So what I decided to do was focus on the top 10. And there's so much about all of these amazing women and they are definitely wonderful women. So that's why I wanted to just at the last minute, uh, do some research and pull some things together to just talk about this amazing article. So bravo to Forbes for recognizing women because you know, the women are showing out, especially in 2020 and in the last probably 10 years. Well, to be honest with you forever, but getting the recognition uh, the last 10 years. Now, I just have to say something. When I was listening to him, I decided to immediately go and check the list because out of 100, I know there's a zillion of them. <laughs> I'm just joking. Out of 100, I know there's many of them that I probably have never heard of and you may not have heard of. So I wanted to see what made them this amazing to get on this list. And you're talking about in the world. And as I said, I'm not going to read all 100 and I'm going to read the first 10 and I'm just going to read the short part of the bio that is mentioned on Forbes uh, website because it's just so much. Of course, they're amazing and their bio are very extensive. So I'm just going to read the short bio that comes up when you go onto the website. But I was so, um, I'm just going to be very transparent. You know, part of our name is transparent. And I was very upset. I'm just going to put it out there. And it was really an interesting, um, revelation for me and I had to really calm down before I did this episode and the reason why I was upset like I said it was amazing that they did this I'm proud of all hundred and then those that are not on the list but the reason why I was upset is because I felt that the 100th person mentioned should have been way above 100. Because when you're on a list, if it's 1 to 10 and you're number 10, you're at that, oh, I just made it part of the list. And there is no way on this earth that number 100 
should have been on it. I just made it on this list. Now, I was very upset. And the person that is on the um, 100th is Georgia Stacey Abrams. Um, now, I get it. And when you hear what these first 10 amazing women did, I get that their power is way bigger than Stacey Abrams. I get it from their roles and all that. But this is just what I'm going to say. At the end of this episode, I want to break down why I feel she should have been way above 100 and just making it to the list. Now, here's the irony of her being 100. And I'm also going to read, quote, I was so upset this morning. I sent this text to some of my friends about how I was in disagreement with Stacey being number 100. And I have a friend, she's very conservative. And when I get all upset and we have discussions about different topics in life, because we're personal friends and we work together. So we, you know, we talk about everything. She gave me a different perspective. And I, I told her I was going to read exactly what she texted me so I could look at it a different way. Now, irony, after I read it, I calmed down and I was good until... I start doing more research on these 100. So I was very upset. And as I said, at the end of this episode, after we uh, celebrate these amazing 10 that are the top 10, I'm going to talk about number 100, Stacey Abrams. But I was very upset and I told her why I was upset. And this is what her text says word for word. And I told her I was going to use this on the episode. And this is what she said. She said, <laughs> yes, because I said what I felt and I said, and I might be in my feelings because anybody that knows anything about me knows that I am not only a fan of Stacey's and helped with the campaign in 2018 for the governorship of Georgia, but just what she has been doing for the state of Georgia. When you live here and I'm in Georgia, you know, she's been in the background since she lost the governor election, which personally I feel she was cheated out of. And don't forget our governor who was now governor Kemp was also the secretary of state. And there was a lot of voter fraud since they want to talk about voter fraud in Georgia. There was a lot of voter fraud going on and suppression. And she has made a major difference in this state, but we're going to talk about that at the end. And I expressed that to her. And I said, unless I'm in my feelings, and this is what her response was. She said, yes, you are in your feelings. She said, Stacey came on the scene publicly in her quest for governor. Then she faded away. Okay. Oh, boy. Then she reemerged publicly with a wealth of work under her belt that the public fake news was mostly unaware of. And then they saw that the behind the scenes work had totally mobilized a whole community to go to the polls and unseat an unpopular president. So because the list was already done and she caught them by surprise, they only had room for one more this year. But now that she is on the radar again, she'll land much higher on the list next year. Okay. 
That's a sensible answer. And guess what? That statement may be true. However, I still feel that out of all these people, and like I said at the end of this episode, out of all these people, she could have ranked higher than a hundred. Because when you're on a list of best of, you know, whatever, you're the last one, which means that's like the C minus that you barely passed. You know, I don't know. That's I'm just look. This is my feelings. I'm not expressing nobody else's opinion or feelings. But at the end of this episode, we are going to talk about this a little more. But anyway, this is about celebrating these wonderful women. And number one, Angela Merkel. Now, I decided because there's so much about her that I loved it. I'm just going to keep it consistent and just read the short bio that's on Forbes.com. And it's just a short one to give people who are not familiar with these ladies an idea of who they are. And it says that Merkel became the first female chancellor of Germany in 2005 and is serving her fourth term. Look at that. They got more than two terms. Mm, that's nice. In November 2018, Merkel stepped down as leader of the Christian Democratic Union and announced she won't seek another term as chancellor in 2021. Merkel remains the de facto leader of Europe, leading the region's largest economy after steering Germany through financial crisis and back to growth. Her leadership is marked by her still steadily reserved from standing up to Donald Trump to allow more than a million Syrian refugees into Germany. An October 2020 survey found that 75% of adults in 14 European countries trust her more than any other leader in the region. Bravo, girl. That's a lot of trust and respect. And then they say the big question that the public is now asking is who and what will come after her time in office comes to an end. That's going to be interesting because a lot of the other countries, you know, when they leave the political spotlight, um, I think they do things a little different than in America. I mean, I guess it depends on her popularity because she has always been somebody I admire. And I feel that when she was interacting with the current president, he kind of not only disrespected her, he talked about what she looked like. And it was just not kind and bullish, in my opinion. Well, anyway, number two, Christine Lagarde. Christine Lagarde became the first woman to head the European Central Bank on November 1st, 2019. Okay, let me just stop right there. My friend's comment was talking about other stuff. Okay, this is a 2019, but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just still trying to find why Stacey ain't higher up in this list. But anyway, I digress. Sorry, Christine. Let me start all over. Christine Lagarde, she became the first woman to head the European Central Bank on November 1st, 2019. As head of European monetary policy, Lagarde faces a critical test, ensuring the coronavirus pandemic does not wreck further havoc on the Eurozone. Here's a quote from her. 
I think 2021 will certainly be a difficult first half of the year. That's what she predicted last month, November 2020. Okay, from 2011 until mid-2019, Lagarde ran the International Monetary Fund that works to ensure the stability of the global monetary system. That's pretty big. She was the first. There's a lot of firsts with these ladies. Bravo. She was the first woman to hold that position. On the 10-year anniversary of the 20, excuse me, 2008 bank collapse, Lagarde pointed to groupthink in the male-dominated industry and called for gender reform. Yes, we need gender reform in a lot of industries. So bravo to Christine. Okay, the third person is Kamala Harris. On November 7th, 2020, she became the first woman in American in American history elected to the vice presidency. Well, we know she's no stranger to first. In 2016, she was the first Indian American woman to be elected to the United States Senate. In 2010, she became the first American African-American and first woman to serve as California's attorney general. She's a California native and she was born in Oakland. And I want to, I'm glad they brought that up because, you know, people keep trying to say she's not American. Here we go with that. She makes it clear all the time. She was born in Oakland, California. And her parents, her mom was from India and her dad was from Jamaica. So she came from not only immigrant parents, she came from parents from two different backgrounds. And she was a Howard University alumni. And yes, in the sorority, a.k.a. I got to mention that. And um, she will be the first graduate of a historically black college or university to hold the vice presidency. So I'm, I'm proud to say that. And this is all in Forbes. This isn't just me making it up. The AKA I threw in there, but I had to say that. So bravos, uh, Miss Vice President Harris. Number four, Ursula von der Leyen. She was appointed president of the European Commission, the executive branch of the European Union in July 2019. She's the first woman to serve in this role, and this role is responsible for legislation affecting more than 700, 700 million Europeans. From 20, 2005, I'm sorry, from 2005 until 2019, she served in, ironically, Angela Merkel's cabinet, the longest tenure of any cabinet member. For the last six years, of her time in the cabinet, she was Germany's defense ministry. In September 2020, in her first State of the Union speech as commissioner, she spoke out against anti-LGBTQ policies in Poland. These ladies aren't playing. Number five, Melinda Gates. You know, most people know Melinda Gates just as Bill Gates' wife, but she's been doing things for a long time. Melinda maintains her position as the most powerful woman in philanthropy as co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, 
Founded in 2000, it's the world's largest private charitable foundation with a $40 billion trust endowment. She's increasingly visible in shaping foundation strategies, solving tough global challenges from education and poverty to contraception and sanitation. As part of the foundation's mission to help all people, hear that? All people lead healthy, productive lives. She has devoted much of her work to women's and girls' rights. In her next chapter, her mission is to close the funding gap for female founders through her investment and incubation company, Pivotal Ventures. Excuse me, Pivotal Ventures. And, you know, Melinda, I've been hearing forever that she's been doing a lot of great things. And since the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was founded over 20 years ago, think about how much her... And her husband's foundation has done uh, for the world in a positive way because, you know, they could just be the rich billionaires and live a great life and do nothing because there's a lot of people that are that and do nothing. So bravo to Melinda Gates. Number six, Mary Barara. Look, I went to uh, I Googled how to pronounce some of these last names because I didn't want to screw them up too bad. And um, I went to Google and got some YouTube. So if I pronounced her name wrong, forgive me, but that's how they said to pronounce it. She's GM CEO, General Motors. Go ahead, girl. Since 2014, she's the first woman to lead one of the big three automakers in the United States. She's invested billions in electric vehicles, self-driving cars, and a ride-share service called Maven. In the spring of 2020, she shifted GM's production line to help Ventec Life Systems make critically needed ventilators. I guess this is part of what the administration was saying when they were talking about auto uh industries helping to create ventilators to attack what's happening right now with the coronavirus. So bravo, bravo, Mary. Um, having earned 21.6 million. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just realized they're saying what she earned. 21.6 million in 2019. She has the highest compensation of any leader of a Detroit big three automaker. Wow. GM has consistently scored highly in gender equality reports. In 2018, it was one of only two global businesses that have no gender pay gap. Wow, GM. You got to say bravo to that. And Mary, you keep doing your thing so GM can stay where it needs to be when it comes to um, gender pay gaps. Number seven. Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is the 52nd Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. The role makes her the highest ranking elected woman in the country and the second in line for the presidency. She started her third term as Speaker in 2019, and a lot of people don't realize that she had previously held this position from 2007 to 2011. 
2019, she initiated the fourth ever impeachment proceedings in the United States history against President Donald Trump. But we know Aunt Nancy has done a whole lot more and she is not allowing the administration in the White House now to bully her. And she has been amazing and very, very motivating for a lot of people, especially a lot of women. So, Speaker of the House, we salute you. In 2013, she was inducted into the National Woman's Hall of Fame at a ceremony in Seneca Falls. Well, I didn't even know that. So, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast is that I, when I do research, I just learn so much. And I'm really excited to share this with the listeners. So go ahead, speaker, or should I say National Woman's Hall of Fame honoree? <laughs> Number eight. Now, I don't know if her name is pronounced Anna or Anna. So I'm going to call her Anna Patricia Botin. It's spelled B-O-T-I hyphen N. So if I mispronounce it, please forgive me. She became the chair of the company in 2014 after the sudden death of her father, Emilia. I don't know what company that is, but I'm getting ready to find out. She pulled off a coup. Oh, okay. In 2017, when Banco Santander acquired failing Banco Popular for one euro to become Spain's largest bank. Okay, so that's the company they're talking about that she became the chair of. In the face of, of political unrest, she is championed. Look at that word, champion. She is championed fintech and focused on entrepreneurs backing small enterprise and women-owned businesses. Look at these women. They're doing stuff, big things for the world, but also for empowering women. That's why these are wonderful women on this Wednesday. She launched Sant Santander X to support university entrepreneurship and helped create the country's first multi-sector blockchain-based platform. The bank's $200 million Inno Ventures private equity fund has seeded disruptors such as digital asset holdings, Ripple, and Cabbage. You know, when I read stuff like this, later on, I go back and try to find out more about the companies. I don't know that much about this lady or the companies, but just in reading this short bio, I want to say bravo to her. Number nine, Abigail Johnson. Abigail Johnson served as CEO of Fidelity Investments since 2014 when she took over for her father and has been chairman since 2016. I did not know that. And I am an investor for Fidelity. So I'm extra proud now. Her grandfather, Edward Johnson II, founded the Boston Bank Mutual Fund Giant in 1946. So that means this has been in her blood before she was even born. So I'm, I'm guessing her knowledge is like unreal. She probably had a lot of conversations with her grandfather, father, and she, she, yes, girl, she just kept it going with the knowledge. 
she owns an estimated 24.5% stake of the firm, which is nearly $2.9 trillion, trillion, not billion, but trillion in managed assets. Look at that. That's crazy. We talking about these ladies dealing with money that's in the trillions. She has embraced cryptocurrencies and in 2018, Fidelity launched a platform that allows institutional investors to trade Bitcoin and Ether. I don't know much about Bitcoin, but I keep hearing about it. And um, I know a few investors and uh, go girl. <laughs> That's all I can say. She worked summers at Fidelity through college and joined full time as an analyst in 1988 after receiving a Harvard MBA. Number 10, Gail Boudreaux. She was named CEO of Anthems in 2017. She was previously CEO of United Healthcare, the largest division within United Health Group. It's one of the nation's largest health insurers and has completed acquisitions of America's First Choice, Health Sun, and Aspire Health. The Anthem Foundation Awards announced over 53 million and grants to address critical health issues facing Americans. With her industry experience, she has earned plaudits from peers and Wall Street alike. In the first two years of her tenure, the stock popped 20%. You know, now those are just the bios of the top 10, and we're talking about over 100. You know, but I, like I said, now listening to their bios, I mean, let's be honest, these 10 ladies are past amazing and they've done things that are worldly. There's no maybe. Bravo. But as I mentioned, I wanted to talk about after talking about these 10 ladies, why I personally, and this is just me, in spite of what my girlfriend said, and I get it. But as I'm reading some of these bios, they're talking about last year, not this year, and even before then. Some, I think I even read, had 2017 in it. But my point is, when she was saying, well, Stacy faded out, and now she's just coming back, I get all that. But here's the funny part of this, as it relates to just this article, and then I'm going to talk about why it's an issue for me. At the beginning of this article, this is what it says. They specifically mention three people, and this is exactly what it says. Before it starts talking about the hundred, it says, from fighting the pandemic to re-engineering American politics, the influential women including New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, comma, <laughs> Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, and voting rights advocate Stacey Abrams are making history. 
Okay, now this is the very beginning before they start naming the hundred and emphasize, of course, in my episode, the first ten. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, because this is in their article, you made three names stand out out of a hundred. I don't know what the point was, but usually if you got a hundred people and you want to say, including, and you name three, this is just my opinion, these three obviously mean something because you pointed them out. So that's why Stacey Abrams being the very last one on the hundred list was a problem for me. <laughs> now, here is another part of this same article, and it's entitled, Why Stacey Abrams is one of the most, excuse me, Why Stacey Abrams is one of, one of the world's most powerful women. They go into a whole article on her. Now they explain, because I'm guessing they thinking people are going to bring up why she a hundred. So this is what it says under the title of why she is in this top hundred. To, qu to quantify a concept as subjective as power, the Forbes list of the world's 100 most powerful women relies on a fairly traditional algorithm okay power equals money populations media mentions and measurable impact this formula results in a ranking that is by and large logical it makes sense that the woman who leads europeans largest gdp sits at the top of the list Likewise, it's not crazy to suggest that a billionaire who volunteers to give away half her fortune to charity is influential in ways that many others in the world are not. Okay, I got that. I agree. But in a year marked by mass protests around the globe for Black Lives Matter, for democracy and against the status quo, it's worth thinking about power a little differently. As the And as the Cambridge professor Mary Beard writes in Women in Power, a manifesto, reconsidering the meaning of power means thinking about the power of followers, not just of leaders. It means, above all, thinking about power as an attribute or even a verb, not as a possession. By this definition, few people were more powerful in 2020 than Stacey Abrams. Abrams was a longtime representative in Georgia's State House and ran to be in governor in 2018. She lost that race by a margin of 55,000 votes. Now, remember, y'all, wasn't it about 55,000 votes that were suppressed and thrown out by Secretary of State Kemp, who is now the governor who beat her? Hmm. Pay attention to numbers, y'all. Something she and political observers attribute to racially motivated voter suppression. As a result, Abrams dedicated herself and her work over the last two years to empowering people to, to use their voice and their vote. Now, I'm going to stop there because there's a whole, whole article. Now, this is from the exact same article I read 
the first 10. This is Forbes.com. <laughs> oh, man. So my question is, if you write in a whole article on Stacey Abrams and I'm reading what you just heard me read is from Forbes. You feel all this positive stuff about Stacey Abrams. How does she get to be number 100 just barely making it? I'm not going to feed into this. This is just some food for thought. And I'm going to close out this episode because I am emotionally tied to this. And I am still pissed off. She on number 100. But the overall goal of this episode is to celebrate the ladies. You know, we are called ladies. <laughs> we are called ladies. Ladies promoting transparent advocacy. We want to be as transparent as possible, but we definitely want to make sure we continue to promote ladies. And I just want to be an advocate for truth. You know, we've had so much fake news going on. I'm just tired of fake news. And I just want to, you know, say bravo to Ford because, you know, it may sound like I'm whining and maybe I am in some people's eyes, but I'm just sorry. You can't tell me that you felt she was worth mentioning in your beginning paragraph and she's worth mentioning in her own paragraph. I mean, well, it's an article on her and this is all on Forbes. Everything I read is from the same article and yet she's way down to a hundred. And before anyone asks, I did not read about all 100. It doesn't even matter because I'm in the state of Georgia and I know what Stacey Abrams has done. And yes, I am personally tied to Fair Fight and Stacey Abrams and anything that she's involved in. Absolutely. I, I'm very transparent about that. I don't have no shame in that. But one of the things that I just want to say is right now, the state of Georgia is getting ready to do something that will either make or break America. And I say that because not because we got uh, Joe Biden in the presidency, and because I voted Democrat down the ticket, I tell everybody I am an independent voter. 90% of the time I do vote Democrats, but there's some Republicans. I like what they do. I like what they say. And I like their uh, past, you know, so I have voted for Republicans. But the fact is, right now we got two Senate seats that are up for grabs on January 5th. And one of the things that will happen if both of the seats are grabbed by the Democrats, Joe Biden for once will have an opportunity, unlike President Obama, to pass some things because guess what, everybody? Mitch McConnell will not be in charge anymore. And things can get done because if Mitch McConnell stays in charge, Joe Biden's going to have a hard time. And I know he, they're friends and he has friends on the Republican side, but we already know the Republicans haven't spoke up in four years. Don't expect them to act nice if Joe Biden is the president and they're in control. So to me, these two seats will change not only Georgia, but they will change America. Okay, America is, in spite of the last four years, let's just not talk about those, but before and now after the Trump administration, America is the, the, the country that the world looks to. So if you got a woman like Stacey Abram that 
along with other people because she's really quick about letting people know it wasn't just her but everybody knows she the engineer we're gonna call her the engineer we're gonna call her the chief because she has been in the background trying to get things going on she has been working with other organizations i know for myself you know i try to do everything i can especially on twitter to try to team up with everybody to, to just put everything out there for these elections and we all them teamed up together to to get the people out and the fact is if we can we can get this to where these seats are filled by two democrats we can get things done and then america can get back on the map of being respected and you can't take that away from her you can't, you know, Stacey helped Georgia. Georgia can help President, um, President Biden. President Biden can help America look, be built better again. And we can then lead in the world. So I think Stacey Abrams' impact is a lot bigger than being at 100. So I'm just going to end it like that. I'm a lot more calmer than I was this morning because I'm going to tell you something. I was fired up, you know. And like I said, I get my girlfriend's perspective and that could be the reason. But I'm having a problem with that reason now because if you listen to some of the short bios I read, some of their stuff was a long time ago too. So rather Stacy faded out for a year or two or a couple months and came back, she came back with a vengeance. You know, she came back stronger than ever we turned the state of georgia blue do you hear me so forbes i think y'all dropped the ball on putting her that far and like i said i'm going to say it i did not read all 100 because at that point i didn't care i knew i was going to do an episode and i knew i couldn't make it that long where i could read all 100 but you guys can you can go to forbes.com and uh check out all the amazing women and i want to give a shout out to 100 of them and all those that did not make the list because we know there's more than 100 but i can appreciate this so i'm gonna end my episode and if you have any questions or comments that you would like to give us you can either call us at 404-855-7723 you can email us at podcast host shay pate19 that's S-H-A-P-T-A-1-9 at gmail.com. And I ask that you please follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A is in Advocacy, capital L is in Ladies. And I would love for you guys to follow me on Podbean. I'm trying to go live once the pandemic is over, but I need followers. I'm still a newbie. I only have, this is my 51st episode. So I'm still learning and I'm still doing my own engineering. So y'all bear with me. I'm really excited about this. And I just wanted to um, say thank you to all the listeners. So if you have any questions, as I said, reach out to us. And I'm going to end this episode with my favorite question. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening. <laughs>